I can tell you getting up on this stool is a little more challenging for me than these two. Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> I was most worried about being able to actually hop up here. So some of you may have already woken up this morning and, uh, or yesterday even, and started putting away your Christmas stuff. Because once it's over, it's over. And there is something really wonderful about decorating and being ready for Christmas, and then we just want this normalcy kind of back into the routine. But the, uh, the hype of Christmas and the frenzy of Christmas and all of those things certainly may be over, but it ain't over. And the story continues. Today is a day that's an in-between day. It's in between Christmas and it's in between Epiphany next Sunday when we celebrate the coming of the wise people to uh, see Jesus in, at his house. So there's this in-between place, but there's a lot going on in this in-between place. And one of the things that we want to do is explore what's going on in that in-between place because sometimes we all kind of experience that in-between. The scriptures are very, um, I believe, give us so many clues on how to read them, how to listen to them, how to let them read us. And a couple of the clues that we can get when we read scripture is, how many details does it give in a story? If it's a really detailed story, you ought to stop and slow down in your reading and pay attention because there's a reason for those details. If it's a story that skipped over, a big monumental thing that skipped over and just said, and that happened and then they went on. Well, maybe it was something important, but it wasn't a hinge from, to experience the other things. So how many details are we going to hear in this story today? And I encourage you to listen to those details. It'll tell you if it's an important story or not. Another thing is how long it takes to tell that story. Does it take a verse, a couple of verses, or is it like the story of Jacob that goes on for chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters? So at what speed does the scripture tell us to move through the story? If it's a story full of details and if it's a story full of uh, pacing, then it's worth stopping and paying attention to. Today, the scripture that we're going to start with, it's a, a, a pretty long scripture. So I'm going to read just the first couple of verses to it because I'd like to address the reason why. This is from Luke 2, 22 through 24. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they, meaning Mary and Joseph, brought him, meaning Jesus, up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, uh, you guys, I know that our tradition at home was, when I was growing up, was my dad was a, 
a Christmas Eve person. My mom was a Christmas Day. So my dad always wanted to open the presents on Christmas Eve, and my mom always wanted us to wait. So one Christmas, my dad pushed and pushed and pushed, and finally, and of course, we were all for it, open all your Christmas <laughs> presents on Christmas Eve. So we opened all our Christmas presents on Christmas Eve, and then the next day, there were no presents. And so we were not uh, happy. And that's the last time we ever did that. Mm. So then our tradition became we got to open one present on Christmas Eve and all the rest of them on Christmas Day. And I'm wondering about you guys. Mm. What was your tradition? I think our tradition was just dictated upon us. And it maybe have come from something similar, that we got to open one on Christmas Eve and then the rest of them Christmas morning. Now, I noticed there was a correlation with the electronic things that you had to plug in, like a remote control car. Those were the ones we were urged to open on Christmas Eve so that we could play with them on Christmas morning ah. and not have to wait for the batteries to charge. We were strict Christmas Day people. Still are. No getting around it. All mm. of this, you know, trying to sneak in that gift. No. My parents are from the Midwest. We do this right, right? Jello people. Yeah, jello people. To this day. Yeah. To this day. And that's part of our family as well. How about you? How many of you uh, open all your presents on Christmas Eve? Oh, wow. How many of you open no presents on Christmas Eve? Oh, my goodness. Oh. How many of you open one present on Christmas Eve and all the rest on Christmas Day? A little wow. taster. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we all have special traditions, and these traditions uh, are important events that sometimes become so important to a whole collective body of people that they become laws. And some of those laws, I mean, we, we have some of those laws even today. We begin to celebrate them in the same way because we all agree, this is a really good thing, so let's all do that together. Like going to school when you're around five or six, and getting your driver's license when you're 16, and voting when you're 18. We all made that agreement together, and now it's kind of like law. There are many types of these types of agreements in the Bible where it was tradition, it started off as one thing and it merged into being a law and became more of an um, uh, imperative that you do this. So this purification rite that we have this morning right here, it starts off as a simple, uh, in the Old Testament, a bringing your child and acknowledging that, that this child is a gift from God that all children, that conception is a gift from God. And so you come back and you present your child in the temple. And this was a really good thing to do. And so it began to become part of the law of God, that this is something that we need to do. We need to acknowledge that God is the giver of all life. So we come to that, and we have this wonderful announcement. It became an announcement that God was here in the flesh. So this was a very familiar thing for the Jews who are hearing this story. They would not, they would be stuck at this point if they didn't hear that Jesus had been brought into the temple to be uh, recognized and also to recognize and give thanks to God for his coming. So now we know why Jesus was presented in the temple. But how do we know this was different than all the other times? 
when all the other children that came along were presented in the temple by the parents? And what made Jesus unique? So for the answers to these questions, the scriptures provide us with a story. The story of Mary and Joseph as they encounter two eyewitnesses named Simeon and Anna. And Simeon is really the first one to sense that something is different. Hmm. Something was different. You know, every holiday, though it's filled with traditions, has something different to it. Perhaps you're a different season of your life. Perhaps you have a new thing or something that has passed away. Um, All of us look forward to family meals during the Christmas holidays, don't we? And we're unsure exactly about the expectations because there's generations that come together. And when there's generations that come together, sometimes there's awkward silence or there's bored young people always on their devices. Somehow the grandfather always gets sat across the table with someone who's the youngest and they just can't quite communicate. And I wonder, what could they communicate about? My family gets into this scenario all the time. And that's just when grandma again goes at it again with her story. Total eye roll. This one was again about the time she was pregnant at a pool party and there were relatives at the house for two weeks and it was long before her due date. Then all of a sudden she felt like she was going into labor. And they were so far from the hospital and she didn't feel like they were ready and she couldn't admit her because there wasn't a room available. Sound familiar? (laughs) (laughs) But this year, being pregnant while hearing this story, I paid attention to her story a different way. I had almost forgotten that she's a human being, that she had an infant at some point in her life. Actually, two. And she might know a thing or two and some timeless advice. Sometimes it doesn't feel like the people sitting at the same table, even though they might be family, can even speak the same language. But no matter how infrequent a family gets together, there's so much unknown. There's so much to tell. There's so many things to share and memories to be made. And so I hope to myself that I made a pact with myself and I didn't want to regret all of this time that I spent with my family. As annoying or fun or memorable as the time might be, I didn't want to miss any of these moments where we engage in these intergenerational kinds of relationships where we hear each other's story. And even more so than those stories, it's important we get how they came to faith and how they have faith. And so in the scripture passage, young Mary and young Joseph and baby Jesus meet up with these two older characters, Simeon and Anna, an old man and an old woman who have spent their entire days worshiping in the temple. And so they're there when Jesus and Mary and Joseph come because that is their tradition. They're dedicated and they want to know And they've read the scriptures and they're excited about something happening. They didn't know it was going to be that day though. So we read on in Luke chapter two, 
25 through 28, and then I'll jump to 36 through 38. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. And when the parents of Mary Mary and Joseph brought in their child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God. And now we meet Anna. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after their marriage and then was a widow and she was 84. She never left the temple but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying And coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna and Simeon, they never fathomed that they'd meet Jesus the Messiah, but yet there he was right before their eyes, unexpected, and they didn't want to miss out. It's like they had come to the dinner table like they had normally done on a normal family holiday tradition, and they received something even more special, and it was because they had been there and been dedicated. They're usually not paid attention to because they're older, and they don't have as much to talk about because those devices get in the way, don't they? But our author, Luke, wants to draw readers of every age and stage into this particular picture. This beautiful picture sit there with Mary and Joseph and Anna and Simeon all centered around this baby Jesus. Everyone needs to encounter Jesus. And they were there. Mary and Joseph needed Simeon and Anna And Simeon and Anna needed Mary and Joseph. And they thanked God for that moment. And they doted on Jesus, like every grandparent should, right? And there they were, all of them, of different ages and stages of life. And they were drawn in. They were a new kind of community. A new kind of community that looked different. And they worshiped and they fellowshiped with this baby boy, Jesus. I was amazing. I felt like my dinner table was transposed right into the place and the temple courts. And I think about all of the different weird things that might happen during the holidays and how they might be different for you this particular holiday. You know, the couple that I wonder about the most in this scripture passage are Mary and Joseph. The scripture talks about how Mary and Joseph were following the traditions that were expected of them, traditions that countless other young parents had done over and over before them. But this time, these parents, Mary and Joseph, are suddenly interrupted by this man, Simeon, who sweeps the baby out of their arms, all while loudly praising and praying to God, declaring that he, Simeon, 
has now seen the nation's salvation in the face of this infant child. And so, because he's now seen it, he can die because this child was going to be the new life of Israel. I think about how that would feel Mm. if I were Mary and if I were Joseph. To me, the scripture can sound so understated. It says that Jesus' parents marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel a figure misunderstood and contradicted, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword, Mary, will pierce your own heart too. I'll tell you, if that were me, I would marvel as well. I would marvel at the unexpected outburst. I would marvel at the boldness of a person taking my one-week-old out of my arms without washing his hands. I would marvel at the circus that was overtaking this ritual that was supposed to be fairly commonplace. I remember when I was pregnant with my first child, my husband and I had just moved across country from Pennsylvania to Santa Barbara, California, only weeks before I was to deliver. And we visited, decided to visit this church up the road from our new apartment our first week there. After this service, it was in a small chapel, we stood in the fellowship hall that was equally as small, with a small cup of punch and with a cookie, when this huge man comes right up to us. He was well over six feet tall and nearly as wide, and he put his hand on my belly and declared that my child was going to be blessed, and he prayed in this booming voice that caused all of the people in the tiny fellowship hall to look at us a little funny, and then some started to come over and crowd around us, and everyone seemed to be listening in. Whether that was true or not, I don't know. He then ended his prayer with his hand still on my belly while singing a few bars from his favorite opera, because it turns out he was also an opera singer. I marveled (laughs) at that situation, just to put it lightly. And so I can only imagine how Mary and Joseph marveled when Simeon and Anna approached them from the crowds and from the shadows of the temple, when they prayed over them, when they sang in front of them, when they overwhelmed them with their adoration for their firstborn, before then proclaiming warnings of what was to come. I would imagine that if I were Mary and Joseph, this would be a deeply uncomfortable scenario. One where the truth of God was being spoken by people who made them feel very, very uneasy. Where the hopes that they had for their child were both surpassed and also dashed in the same few sentences. I would imagine if I were Mary and Joseph, this would be something I would marvel at, something I wouldn't forget, something that I longed for, but also something that I hoped wasn't entirely true.
It's interesting. I think that, um, you know, as, I li- as I'm listening to both of you, it feels to me like Mary and Joseph lived in that in-between space their whole life. I mean, because at the very beginning, they knew that something was walking towards an ending and something else was there. And so, in a strange way, they had to put it aside and live a daily life. We, we all live, uh, as Christians, quite often in an in-between place. We're in between the fact that we are the body of Christ here on earth and that we welcome uh, being in the, the kingdom realized you know, in the future. And, we, and uh, the way we think about time is we always think about time moving forward, moving forward towards God. In this particular story, I wonder if you noticed all of the details, the details about how long Hannah had been a, a widow. The de- and if you read the story, you'll just marvel at all of the little details that they put into the story. And in some way, what that was trying to tell us is that these were normal people, ordinary people like you and me, who were caught up in this extraordinary series of events. Their whole lives had been moving towards this day for Simeon and Anna. Their whole lives had been moving towards this day since the angel appeared to Mary and Joseph had been moving towards this consummation of sorts, a time when they would all come together and say, and Mary would say, oh, it wasn't a dream, this is real. And where Joseph would say, this is real. And where Anna and Simeon would say, all of our lives we've been waiting for this and it's real. I think it's really something when God comes to us and our belief becomes a reality. Oh, this is really real. This is true. This is the past, the present, and the future. I don't think any of us are so different from Simeon and Anna and Mary and Joseph. That may sound strange, but I really don't. We all have, uh, at some point, been um, given an expectation, a purpose that we felt like we needed to walk towards a cause for Christ. Like Mary, we've all been a little skeptical and yet faithful like Joseph. We've all been blind at times like Simeon, not seeing the truth in front of us. But when the real truth came, he saw And just being faithful and committing ourselves to a series of beautiful and and, uh, everyday tasks that Anna was in blessing the children that came. And here they were. She had waited all her life and Jesus was here. The thing is, we don't have to wait all our lives because we just celebrated the birth of Jesus We're celebrating that in-between place. And before you know it, we'll be celebrating the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and the long walk to Calvary by Jesus. And then the resurrection of Jesus. My friends, my friends, 
We have many traditions and many stories. This story, this happens to be true. It really, really is true. Mm -hmm.